following is a special presentation of the Mars Attacks podcast, member of Talking Metal Digital. Hey, Metalheads and Headbangers, this is Dolo Cash, and you're listening to Victor here on Mars Attacks Radio. I wish you a great time, rock on, and keep metal alive. Hi, this is Udebert Stata of UDO, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Don Jameson from That Metal Show on VH1 Classic, and you're listening to Mars Attacks Crank It. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Windorf of Monster Magnet, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Hi, this is Robert Fleshman, and you're listening to Mars Attacks with Victor. Hello, my name is Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Mars Attacks. Radio. Yeah, this is John Schaefer from Iced Earth, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. What's up? This is Morgan from Kitty, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. This is Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Welcome, one and all, to episode 111 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and we are back after a week off, after another week of health issues, and uh, it even surprises myself that I'm doing the episode today, because it's been a pretty rough past three weeks with all types of nonsense, colds, things. back issues, throat infections, so on and so forth. So, still not out of the woods yet. But I wanted to get this episode out there. wanted to get it out last week because this week's episode has an interview with Brittany Slays of Unleash the Archers, a great band out of Canada that, um, you know, it's one of those deals I keep mentioning how... We have this um, uh, New Blood Spotlight on MarsAttacksRadio.com. And, um, you know, some bands that I post on there, they're new bands because they're new to me. It's not that they've just come out. This is going to be Unleash the Archer's first album on a label. Everything else has been independently released. We touch upon that. During the interview, we touch upon a lot of great different topics uh, as well. I went back and forth whether to make this part of our worship series, whether I was going to make it, um, you know, focused on just female singers, focused on just Canadian bands. Uh, And then I decided, you know what, I think this album is actually pretty cool. Um, I think the band sounds really great as well. Not just saying that because I had her on the show. Really felt uh, that before I reached out to um, their PR person to, to get them on, and uh, I really enjoy the album. So I felt, you know what? Let's just make this an interview piece. Let's have you know some other cool tracks that I've been listening to lately before we jump into the interview. 
And then we'll have the interview with Brittany, like we used to do before I started, uh, you know, expanding things and whatnot. But um, I hope you guys have been enjoying the the episodes that don't include interviews. I know that some people have been uh, clamoring for more interviews, have been saying, you know, I think that the music-based episodes are great, but we miss you doing interviews. Uh, I do pretend, I do promise, or I do want to have a Classic Albums um, episode up shortly. They are the episodes that take the most amount of time to put together uh, due to all of the artists that are involved, due to all the things that I throw up on the website as a result. And um, we're going to have something special shortly regarding that. There is a plan in mind that if I'm able to pull it off, uh, I think you guys will be very happy, and I think it'll be hard for people to keep up if that's the case. Let's just leave it at that. But um, if you're a first-time listener because you've just come to the show due to the Unleash the Archers uh, interview, know that um, the Classic Albums column is a series that we do here where we focus on some of the uh, more important albums that have helped push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. We have all types of comments from artists that are currently in or formerly of bands like Anthrax, Testament, Judas Priest, uh, Megadeth, uh, Kiss, uh, so on and so forth. So um, there's a ton of things there. If you go to the right-hand column of uh, MarsAttacksRadio.com, you'll find Classic Albums column. If you click on that, You'll find every episode pertaining to the series, but you'll also find a page that lists everyone that has either appeared or will appear in the future. So, there you go. Uh, what else do we have going on? Um, there's been a lot of hullabaloo with various things um, regarding Van Halen, regarding... Uh, Skid Row regarding Twisted Sister. It seems that when I keep writing these Signals from Mars um, opinion pieces, that the same people keep coming up and they keep becoming the sort of the fuel to the, that fires uh, these pieces. That isn't by design. You know, I usually go with what I feel is pertinent at the time that I'm writing the episode. Uh, there are so many things that are out there that, um, like the train that is uh, honking in the background, if you can hear it. Um, there are so many things out there that we can discuss regarding, you know, hard rock and metal. Uh, it just seems that these last few weeks, last few months, it's been the same people out there because they're promoting different things, whether it's um, Sebastian Bach uh, promoting his tour, the Skid Row lead singer change, whether it's uh, D. Snyder who's working on a solo album and you know he's got other motives behind that, uh, or whether you have um, Eddie and Sammy going back and forth at one another once again regarding a, a bunch of different issues, and this week we're going to talk about that. Um, regardless, Similar to the Classic Albums column, if you want to read any of my opinion pieces, if 
you care about my opinion, uh, you can go to right-hand side of MarsAttacksRadio.com and you'll find Signals from Mars right there. Uh, if you want to comment on any of these pieces, on any of the episodes, we ask you to go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. Uh, the issue with not having the comments up on the site right now is that we're getting spammed to death and it's messed up the site several times in the past. So um, I'm working on a few other projects at the time, or currently I should say, once I've set all those things into motion, I hopefully will have time or the money to be able to go and uh, fix the site so that we could have comments back up there and and all that good stuff. Um, with all of the various things that we're doing on the site, we are still looking for contributors. If you want to help out, uh, writing your own opinion pieces, writing show reviews, writing album reviews, uh, I'm looking for you know pretty much any type of input anyone is is willing to give us. Um, if there's anything that you want to send us or you want to let us know that you're interested, I should say, uh, just go and send us an email at input at marsattacksradio.com. Uh, either that or just send me a message via the um, Facebook page. That works, one or the other. And outside of Facebook, just remember that we do have... Uh, we do have other social media outlets. We have the Twitter, which can be found at Mars Aries 2005. Uh, we have the G Plus page, which is plus plusgoogle.com, actually plus.google.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. And uh, you can follow us on those two um, social media outlets as well. Leave us your comments. Let us know what you think. Good, bad, or indifferent. It is all welcome. And um, what else? You can also subscribe to us via iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, that's what people usually use. And um, that seems to be working well. You can leave your comments up there on both uh, Stitcher or iTunes, which is much appreciated because, you know, a lot of times you try to look for... Um, in our case, we're doing the affiliates links, but if we were trying to look for other sponsors or other ways to fund the site, unfortunately, they go for you know how many comments you have up on iTunes a lot of times, how many followers you have here, how many hits you have there. So um, that's why we ask that you leave comments. Hopefully they're good, but if, you know, I've I've had people complaining about me rambling on, for for too long before getting into different things, but uh, yeah, that's always that's been how the show's always gone. But I try to fit in, you know, all this stuff. What, what am I supposed to do it at the end of the show when people have tuned out? I mean, doesn't make sense. Anyway, I have Matt from the Paperback Rocker podcast. He's actually mentioned this to me several times. He's subscribed to the show via Pocket Cast. And for some reason, Pocket Cast doesn't update for him. And he's had to start using Stitcher as a result. And, you know, I understand where he's coming from because if you're used to one program, having to, you know, have several programs open to 
um, uh, have different podcasts coming in, it's a big pain in the ass. You know, there's no other way of looking at it. You know, um, why why do you have to have 14 different programs to listen to, you know, all the podcasts that you're interested in listening to? It doesn't make sense. So if there's anyone else out there with Pocket Cast and they're having issues, apparently from what he's explained to me, Pocket Cast actually pulls from iTunes and lets you know when there's a new episode up on iTunes, but... Uh, the last time that's updated, apparently, is the Joe Stump episode, which was a real long time ago. Um, all I can say is that right there on the top right-hand corner of MarsAttacksRadio.com, we do have links to the iTunes subscription to Stitcher, and we do have it to our RSS feed. I know that some people in the past have alleviated issues with other programs by just subscribing directly to our feed and that has helped them out uh, apparently that can't help out podcast from what matt's telling me but um anyway i just wanted to mention that i wanted to see if there were other people that were having issues you know let me know definitely you know i want to make sure that you're able to listen to this and the most comfortable format possible. Uh, you also do have the option to download it directly off the site or stream it from the site. So th those are other options as well if if they make sense to you. You know, that's why we try to do things on different platforms so that we can not only bring different people in to listen to the shows, but it also makes sense, you know, based on the, the programs that you guys are using to... Um, uh, keep up with your podcast. Believe me, I know. Uh, I had to. Uh, I've been an iPhone guy since uh, the 3G came out, and uh, last year I had my iPhone 4 crap out on me, and having to switch over to an Android was a big pain in the ass for me uh, because I just didn't have the same type of flexibility that I feel that I have with the with the iPhone. That's not saying that the Android doesn't work well or whatnot, but, you know, if you're used to one system, whether it's Android, whether it's iPhone, whether it's BlackBerry or, or anything else that you may have, you know, gotten used to using, maybe it's Hooli's Nucleus, who knows, but, um, yeah, you know, it sucks when you have to switch. <laughs> you're used to uh, working with things in one format and being forced. One thing is... You wanting to switch, another thing is being forced to switch. So, anyway, uh, what we are going to do, we're going to check out some tunes. Excuse me, my voice breaking up there more than usual. Um, we're going to check out some tunes before we jump into the interview uh, with Brittany. What we're going to do is, I mean, we're basically at like the 15-minute mark, so we'll check out like two, three tracks before hopping on into some Unleash the Archers and then uh, checking out the interview with Brittany. So um, the the cool thing about this year and the cool thing about every year, I think people, if you're open-minded enough, you find cool things to check out. You know, this whole, oh, you know, new music is, is no longer any good. You're not listening to good stuff then, or you're not finding, you know, stuff that moves you, you know. There are other things out there 
that you can definitely check out to, uh, you know, I think to keep your interest. There are so many people that still, you know, to this day will say, oh, well, I don't listen to podcasts because it's not my thing. Well, one of the great things about podcasts is that it is able to turn you on to new things. So uh, one of the most anticipated albums for me this year, and it's because I'm a huge Fear Factory fan, is a new Fear Factory album that will be out in August. This is the first single, actually somewhat hot off the presses, had Nuclear Blast send this to me earlier today. The name of the track is Soul Hacker by Fear Factory. You'll never take my soul! you're here now you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes or stitcher please leave a comment while doing so alternately you can go to marsattacksradio.com and stream or download past episodes from there 
Decades on Mars Attacks features your host, Victor, a slew of guest hosts choosing their favorite tracks from today, and jump back 10 years at a time all the way back to the inception of hard rock and metal. Check out the Decade series by going to the homepage of MarsAttacksRadio.com and selecting the series from the right-hand side of the page. Mars Attacks brings you its classic album series, featuring current and former members of Anthrax, Megadeth, Testament, Overkill, Judas Priest, Danzig, Prong, producers, journalists, podcasters, and a bunch more commenting on some of the most important albums to influence and push forward the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Want to find out more? Go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and click on Classic Albums column from the right-hand side of the page to jump headfirst into this series. All right, so when I'm sick, I always end up watching documentaries and was watching some Civil War documentaries. And I remember a few months back, could be longer, there's um, Bob up there on Facebook. And um, we started talking about the uh, Zouaves for some reason uh, and their, the way that they dressed and whatnot before the Civil War and this and that. And it just so happened that the first casualty from the North uh, during the Civil War, the first casualty of any side, was a Colonel Elmer Ellsworth. And it got me thinking, is he related to Bobby Blitz Ellsworth of Overkill? Hmm. Elmer's from... Uh, Mechanicsville, New York, or he's buried in Mechanicsville, New York anyway, um, as per the Fountain of Truth here, Wikipedia, Um, but um, yeah, and Bobby's from New Jersey, I mean, isn't that far, one from the other, so who knows, could be some type of uh, relation to the uh, as they put in the in the documentary the sex symbol the um it was a, a big hero someone that you know he was a lot of people were drawn to him uh, he pretty much took a bunch of rowdy firemen from New York and created the Zouave division in New York the 11th New York Vo- volunteer infantry regiment so there you go um, why I mention all of this, again, besides the Bobby Blitz-Ellsworth connection, um, or possible connection, I should say, it got me thinking the other day, you know, there were people uh, slagging on Metallica and Kiss and, you know, some bigger bands and talking about how they had to change their sounds for this or for that or the other thing, and somebody brought up, oh, well, uh, Motorhead's never change their sound, eh, they have. ACDC's never changed their sound, eh, they have. Um, Overkill's never changed their sound. Hmm. Did you ever by chance listen to 1993's I Hear Black? Because, and I'm not knocking the album, because I absolutely love this track. I think it's a really cool track. It's Spiritual Void coming off of the album. But you can definitely feel the shift towards Sabbath-like riffs, the shift towards the Pantera uh, 
influence with everyone recording in similar styles to Pantera at the time. So all of that does come in and play a big part of what uh, the band is doing at the time. And not only them, but thousands, if not millions of other bands at that time and afterwards. So uh, we're going to check the track out. It's Spiritual Void coming off of Overkill's 1993 album, I Hear Black. Let's be with 
Hey, what do you say? Be careful because Mars attacks. This is Bobby Blitz from Overkill. You stay tuned. Signals from Mars is a series of opinion pieces written by Mars Attacks Podcast's own Victor M. Rose. These posts cover recent news, industry trends, or any other music-related topic that Victor would like to touch upon. To read current or past installments of Signals from Mars, go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and select it from the category section of the homepage. Let the debate begin. Monday morning questions start your week off here on MarsAttacksRadio.com, presenting questions to help build a debate regarding hard rock and metal trends, news and ridiculous comments that an artist or band may have made. Let your comments be known on Mars Attacks Facebook page, which can be found at Facebook.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. My Favorite Kiss is a series that features Talking Metal Digital's Mitch LaFon and Decibel Geek Podcast's Chris Sinzak as guest co-hosts. Chris and Mitch are featured picking their favorite Kiss-related tracks. And if need be, Mars Attacks host Victor M. Ruiz serves as a tiebreaker to determine the be-all and all winner for that show's Kiss-centric topic. To find out more, go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and click on My Favorite Kiss from the right-hand side of the page. All right, there you had some overkill off of the 1993 album I Hear Black. Remember to help the show out and support the bands you love at the same time. Go to the links that we have in our show notes. Uh, We've been expanding. We have links to Amazon, iTunes, FYE, uh, CD Universe and Second Spin, which is usually used CDs. That said, they do offer vinyl as well. And for any purchase that you make on any of these sites, we do get a small kickback, anywhere between 4 to 10% of the sale. So every little bit you send us helps. And uh, we have a donate button as a result on the right-hand side of the page as well if you want to send us anything. If you have any spare change, as Robin Harris would say, um, send the spare change. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we, with the links, we, we have you know, a hookup there with Amazon, which is where we do the best. Uh, we also have other affiliates links that we're set up with, aside from the ones that I mentioned. Just go to the right-hand side of the page and click on affiliates links, and you'll see all the great stores that we're affiliated to where, again, we get a small kickback for uh, driving business their way. We're pretty much leads that we're giving them, and it helps us out, and it helps the bands out when you're purchasing their music as well. So it's a win-win for everyone, and you get some killer kick-ass music as well. So um, we're going to get into the interview now with Brittany. And before doing so, let's get into a little bit of Unleash the Archers because I think it is very important that you know what the band sounds like. We have played the the track tonight we ride before, which is the video. We're going to mention that uh, during the interview, and we'll use that to close the show out. But uh, let's get into the track, Frozen Steel, off of the album, which is called Time Stand Still. This is Unleash the Archers. (laughs) 
Columbia like you guys do how many times you guys compared to three inches of blood <laughs> a lot <laughs> we um we got it a lot at, at the beginning really of our career um I don't know why I guess that was really the only band that people really knew from the area and so but now a lot of bands are coming out of Canada and there's actually a few Vancouver bands that have been signed in the last few years that um, are getting out there just as much as three inches did. So it's a lot less now, but definitely, yeah, back in the day. And those that don't <clears throat> really see the difference in our sounds, I guess, um, sometimes say it. But if you actually listen to the two bands, we're, I mean, we're pretty different. Cam uses a full falsetto vocal the whole time. Right. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm like I'm flattered. I freaking love those guys, but yeah, it happened. Uh, it happened quite often. 
it amazed me because when I was doing some research online, it instantly came up. And similar to what you said, the the vocals to me are what really set your band apart from other bands that are trying to do power metal. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. just comparing the two vocal styles, I thought, well, Three Inches and Unleash the Archers really sound nothing alike outside of being geographically close. It really doesn't make sense to make that comparison. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would... If you look close enough, you can see the differences, but I suppose heavy metal from Vancouver is is good enough for some folks, so then that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Time Stand Still is going to be the first uh, album by the band that isn't, excuse me, independently released. How does the release of this album differ from everything that you guys have put out before? Well, it's definitely more organized. We, um, we had a whole marketing plan ready to go for it if we did end up I mean, we originally planned to release it independently before Napalm um, contacted us. So we were going to do the same, you know, promo, open uh, or release a single and then let that stew for a little bit. And then um, the album teaser and all that stuff that's popular nowadays to do. We definitely are getting more recognition because it's out on that label and they have access to publications and and websites and things like that that never would have even given us the time of day before. So I would say the reach is much greater than what we would have been able to accomplish for um, ourselves independently. But I mean, really, we we had released three... um, well, not albums. We had two full lengths and one EP before this, and we sort of been around the block, and we understood, you know, what we did wrong with those releases and what we needed to do with this one. So we were really prepared to uh, give it our all on this one and and get it as far out there as we could. But uh, now that Napalm's doing that for us, it's <laughs> it's pretty nice, actually. Okay, and one of the things that I saw online is that. People were making a big deal out of the lineup switch before the writing and recording of this album took place. How do you feel that that lineup change favored the band? Well, it was, I mean, it was a difficult barrier to to break through at first. Brayden was a very large part of this band. He was our main songwriter. Um, And when he left, we were sort of kind of, at a, at a standstill, as you could say, and um, we thought that if that it was going to really change our sound a lot, and that you know it might be a bad thing. But Andrew has been a friend of ours for a very long time, and he fit in really well. And we started writing together right away, and it all clicked really well and really easily. And the sound that we've got going now, I think, is a little bit more simplified, but also more cohesive i'd say in a sort of all going in one direction as opposed to lots of different sounds happening all at once and i think that um it's i mean we love brayden and we love everything that we created when we were with him but now the sound just seems to be a little bit more with a direction as opposed to us blending genres like we enjoyed doing so much on the first few records um it's yeah it's definitely i mean beneficial is sad but change brings rejuvenation <laughs> sure well, makes sense a lot of bands that are grouped into power metal just seem to 
want to mimic what others have done before them. But like you just mentioned, you guys mix different styles, and your voice to me really makes the band stand out from a lot of the other bands that are playing this subgenre. Is that a conscious effort by you guys as a band to do everything you can to try to stand apart from other bands? Well, we have a lot of influence from those bands. I mean, that most people would think of when they say power metal. So we do listen to those other bands and we do find inspiration from them and, and sort of try and emulate what they do, but in our own style. And we, I mean, I wouldn't say that we set out like to write a song that sounds like anyone else, but we also don't set out to, to write stuff that doesn't sound like anyone else. We just kind of do what feels right or what, you know, we take a riff that was sort of rubbing around in Grant's head or Andrew's head and we tweak it and we build around it and it just sort of happens as it happens. Sometimes, yeah, we'll straight up be like, oh, I love the part of that song in whatever you know insert power metal band here and we'll try and create our own version of that in one of our songs right but um yeah i don't know i mean there's it's really hard to not sometimes find yourself sounding like other bands because there's only so many notes in the scale right and there's only so many progressions and ways that you can use it so sometimes you're gonna get stuck and someone's gonna say ah you know let's just you know take that Iron Maiden riff and switch it around a little bit and see if that works or something, you know, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, I don't know. We just kind of do what we do. Gotcha. Okay. Was there anything that you guys purposely tried doing differently with the recording of this album? Well, we, um, we purposely didn't want to go too far from our roots from that unleash the archer sound because we didn't want to alienate any friends that we have already you know, that are uh, dedicated to us and that kind of thing. But we did definitely try and I guess you could say stretch our muscles a little bit. Grant was really uh, excited about writing more difficult guitar parts. And um, Andrew is very, very talented jazz guitar player. So there's some sort of elements of that in there. And um, he uh, added some progressive stuff as well. And <clears throat> I also was really sort of pushing myself vocally to do the best I could to push my range as far as I could and basically just cover all the ground that I could. And I I, I knew going into the studio that I wasn't going to do it like I did the other records. I was always very shy, kind of, I guess you would say, in the studio and very not so confident in my skills. And this time I was like, you know screw it i'm just gonna do whatever i can and if it sounds like crap it sounds like crap and if it sounds good then it sounds good i'm just gonna sort of wing it so yeah we definitely set out to do our best and just kind of just lay it all out there for this one gotcha was there anything that you feel turned out better than what you had initially anticipated uh yeah i think Time Stands Still, the the actual, the title track, the last track on the album, mm-hmm. that one was like <clears throat> us just sort of jamming it out in the jam spot and throwing in parts here and there. And basically Scott just played that drum beat from the sort of the, the solo chorus thing in the middle there. And we just, we all sang to it and um, just sort of felt 
kind of took it, the song took itself where it wanted to go and um and I went into the studio and I was really excited to do this kind of track because to me personally it it, it it's very much inspired by Manowar and I love Manowar a lot and I think that they are just rad and they're so much fun and they're absolutely hilarious so I was like I'm just going to you know pull my Manowar out here and see what I can do and I actually did that pretty much in one take the first and second verse just I was just like let's just go for it and um and I think that that emotion comes through and that the the song really turned out like we were hoping that it would turn out and maybe even better so yeah that probably probably time stands still would have to be the one that I'd choose awesome and you did all that without having to uh look for any furry pelts or anything like that like Man of War is known for <laughs> oh no i was definitely wearing a fur loincloth in there yeah no <laughs> body paint and oil all oiled up and stuff so. <laughs> um speaking of getting all dressed up you guys did a, a real cool video for tonight we ride obviously it has a mad max <clears throat> feel to it um whose idea was to follow that concept for the video was it the director was it you guys yeah it was basically it was uh nathan who's the director he every summer goes to burning man and stays at the death guild thunderdome camp there that gets set up it's like an actual thunderdome and you can strap in and fight and everything just like the mad max movies and so when we got hooked up with him he's like well why don't you come on down and we'll drive around in the desert with the the boys from death guild um use all their vehicles and stuff and he got we got permission from uh five or six of them i think to use their stuff and they came down and they drove for us and um did circles and donuts and stuff in the, in the middle of the desert for three days with us um and it was pretty rad it was just kind of like that was those were the resources that were there so we took that and ran and I think it was mostly that Nathan heard the name of the song, which Tonight We Ride is actually written about um, the night before leaving for tour. So this is, you know, the night before we get out on the road and get to live in a van for two months and just sort of be free from all other responsibility for a little while. So he was like, you know, let's um, let's let's ride on some Mad Max inspired art cars and uh, just kind of so happened coincidentally to come out at the same time as Mad Max. A lot of people are saying, like, thinking that we knew that it was, you know, going to be coming out, and I don't even know how we would have had that ready in time. But, um, no, we definitely, we filmed it with the Thunderdome Mad Max in mind, not the not the Fury Road. But it just sort of worked out, so we were kind of lucky in that uh, in that respect. Very interesting, because I was seeing the vehicles that you guys used, and I'm thinking, wow, if, I mean, if this were 30 years ago, I could imagine that budgets were there and everything to build those vehicles for the videos and everything. <laughs> that was cool. No. Describe the whole thing yeah, were... there. Yeah, they were definitely already built and um, beloved pets of the owners already. So <clears throat> they were nice enough to, to let us use them and rent their their uh, favorites for a little while. Awesome. The cover for Time Stand Still is, is really great as well. How much say or input did you guys have for that 
artwork? Was it something that you guys came up with and found an artist? Did the label present that to you or was it something completely different? Well, we have worked with J.P. Fournier. He's the one that did all of our other artwork for the other records. And we've worked with him for the last, oh, I guess it would be six years now. And um, the first time he did an album cover for us, he was he said, you know, you, uh, you have no say. Basically, I'm going to look at the title of the album and I'll give you what I can think of. And that was Behold the Devastation, which was our first release. But then after that, he was very open to our um, opinions and, and our ideas. So this one was actually Scott. Um, we talked about Time Stand Still and, and what that meant to us uh, as a band, you know, being in this sort of time of transition. And um, and we were really, I don't know how you say, uh, not fed up, but we were coming to the point where we were ready to just sort of do everything on our own. We were doing really well as an independent band. I mean, we weren't like world famous or anything, but we were happy and um, we were supporting like the band was supporting itself. So um, we were pretty stoked at where we were at the time. And we felt that we were kind of breaking free of the chains that everyone always places on you when they say that, you know, you guys should be signed. Why aren't you signed? you know, a label would be happy to have you, blah, blah, blah. And we were just kind of tired of hearing that. It was like, why do we need a label? We can do this on our own. So let's do it on our own. And um, that just sort of breaking free thing gave Scott the idea to have that Balrog type thing breaking out of um, the planet. And so he threw that at JP and JP came back with um, the uh, album cover and we were very excited with it and it was perfect pretty much. So, yeah. Cool. And you just touched upon a, a really <clears throat> point there. I, I keep going back and forth on the show and on my site talking about, um, you know, how things have how the industry has been evolving these last few years and how a lot of people are saying that crowdfunding is the way to go. Other bands like yourself have, you know, come upon a great label like Napalm that does seem to uh, still want to keep hard rock and metal alive. Do you see labels going away anytime soon? Do you think that crowdfunding or just being independent is something that is viable for every band out there? I think that uh, labels are going to be around for a while. They have created this sort of niche for themselves where uh, other aspects of the music industry need them as well just as much as the bands do so i don't think that they're going to go away they may you know change a little bit things might um warp in the sense of you might have smaller labels or labels that only deal with you know bands that make money the the whole artist development thing won't really be there anymore um, <clears throat> but i think that um, being independent can also be something that you can that you can do for quite a while and be quite good at it. You just have to have the drive there and the time really to put as much as you can into it and let it be your second job or even your first job. If you, uh, if you can manage to, to do really well, the, um, the crowdfunding thing is amazing. It's, I think a great platform for any business, really not just bands. Um, personally, I think I, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that we 
mostly pay for everything ourselves but a lot of times we have fans that are just you know begging to help us out and crowdfunding is a great way for them to do that and to get involved with the fans and to give them pieces of you that no one else has and I think it's a it's a great outlet for sure but it's not going to do away with labels Um, I don't yeah maybe not yet but (laughs) I don't know what the future holds really (laughs) okay Um, if you were to put your own festival (laughs) together with unleash the archers as part of the bill and you could put a current band that's together and or to play on the bill and you could take a band that no longer exists whether the members are alive or dead or not and you could have them play on that same bill what bands would you select well if it was us on the bill and we got to play with these bands then it would be iron maiden and lost horizon for sure easy peasy (laughs) If it's a band that no longer exists, what band would be like the dream band to play alongside of? Well, Lost Horizon, they don't exist anymore. Okay, my bad. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. They, um, <clears throat> they're amazing, and it's really too bad because they put out these two amazing records and then just pieced out. And it's like, what? You can't do that. <laughs> you can't just drop this awesomeness on us and then leave. Sure. And then I'm pretty sure Iron Maiden is going to last forever. So you know, that they're going to be around from now until the end of time, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, someone needs to figure out how to cryo-freeze those guys (laughs) or something. (laughs) There you go. In the last few years, there have been all these festivals with female-fronted metal bands and duets with different female females from these bands. Is there, has there ever been any sort of dream duet that you would do with not only a female but for with any other singer in general well i would love to do a duet with um alisa white glues from arch enemy i think i think that'd be rad i always hear in my head i guess it's just because we've always been a sort of sing scream band right we've always had that death vocal in the background so i always I mean, when I write, I often have the screams set up in my head. Sometimes it would be the boys would have their, you know, their own parts. I just kind of give them free reign. But a lot of times it's like, so I'm going to do this and you're going to be doing this in the background or whatever. And so it'd be really nice to, I think, um, do that with Elisa and and, um, and just, uh, yeah, pretty much feel the brunt of her talent full force and get to, to work with her and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, other than that, I don't. I don't know. I've never really thought about like duets, I guess. <laughs> and you're supporting another fellow Canadian there as well. Exactly. Yeah, dude. She's amazing. Um, you guys are going to be touring shortly right after the album comes out. Is there any place you're, you look forward to visiting or playing? <clears throat> um, well, we are going to be doing the East coast of the U S uh, quite thoroughly this time around. We're going to be going places that we haven't been before. I think Boston is on there. Um, a couple other dates, Florida. So I'm really excited just to see the East Coast in general. Florida is going to be super rad. I've heard so many great things about the scene down there. Um, and and I love, uh, you know, just the thought of that sort of East Coast feel that you always get when it comes to just U.S. culture in general, how everyone talks about you know, New York and the changing leaves of the, of the Northeast 
and that kind of stuff. So it's going to be really nice to to get to see all that in person for sure and drive through it actually on those long, wonderful drives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, quite a a bit away from you guys up in Vancouver. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, is there any plans to take the uh, tour overseas or to any other countries that you haven't played before? Yeah, we are in the middle of booking a Europe tour at the moment. Um, it's it's pretty much all coming together, just kind of waiting on the label, uh, whether what announced dates and things like that are going to be. So just waiting on that, but it's pretty much all done. So that's going to be super awesome. We've never, I mean, I mean, we've never played in Europe before. So um, we've heard so many wonderful things about the music scene over there, just the way that they treat musicians and um, so we're really excited to do that and see if we can't uh, break into that European scene a little bit. So um, also, I mean, we're going to do our best to get to South America and uh, really want to go to Japan. I think that'd be amazing. But for right now, I think our focus is uh, on Europe for sure. Awesome. And where should people go to keep up with the band? Uh, facebook.com forward slash unleash the archers is probably the best place. That's where we communicate the most. All of our, um, news updates and everything go up there. We answer all of our comments and, um, messages, things like that. So if you ever want to chat or whatever, just Facebook is probably the best place. Um, I mean, we're on everything too. YouTube, Reverb Nation, Bandcamp, all that stuff, but yeah, or our website. That's where you can get your uh, pre-orders for the CD is UnleashTheArchers.com. But yeah, this is Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers, and you're listening to Mars Attacks.
Marsetex podcast is part of the great talking metal digital family, which also features one-on-one -on -one with Mitch Lafont, talking rock, metal raps with Mitch Joel, Mitch Lafont and Mark Striegel, and the granddaddy of them all, Talking Metal. To find out more, go to talkingmetal.com. All right, there you have a little bit of the title track from the Unleash the Archers album. That is Time Stand Still. Once again, want to encourage you guys to go out to any of the, or select the album from any of the links that we have in the show notes and help the band out by ordering the album. It comes out in Europe this Friday, and it comes out a little later in July Uh, in in the states, if I'm not mistaken, so um, do your best to pre-order or purchase the album when it does come out. Um, Want to thank John Freeman for making that interview take place. Uh, he does PR for Napalm Records and a bunch of other great artists, and he's always been great with hooking me up with interviews so again i need to thank him i also need to thank Brittany for coming on and uh doing such a great interview had a lot of fun talking to her first big interview in a while and uh you know expect more working on another one that i think you guys will be happy with when that happens uh, but in the meantime we're gonna mix things up probably now and then with uh, music related episodes things we didn't do initially but We'll do now to sort of fill out the weeks and make sure that you guys know that um, that we're still out there. And uh, soon be big news uh, regarding other projects that I am working on that will hopefully take off. Who knows? Anyway, thanks for listening to the show. And we'll leave you now with Tonight We Ride. Check out the video online when you get a chance. It is really, really cool. And hearing the story behind it and the whole Burning Man thing was awesome. So thanks, Brittany, again for sharing that with us. So here we go. Tonight We Ride. Thanks again for listening. And hope you check us out next time here on the Mars Attacks podcast.
Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks Podcast. This concludes our show. 